Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. I'm not saying that we should just uh, 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 not look at it or, or, or just make it seem as if it's not threatening. I'm not saying that because many times these things that, that, that approach us or things that may be in our path as giants or as obstacles or as these different you know, troubling circumstances, they can seem threatening. I'm not saying we should trivialize the giant or this obstacle. I'm not saying that, but but at the same time, we must never undermine God that we serve in the midst of these things. We must never overlook the God that we serve in the midst of these giants. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now here is today's message. Amen. So we're not going to prolong any time. We're going to go ahead and get started right into this word. Um, yeah, so we're going to go and get started. So uh, as believers, you know, and I'm sure you already see the title, uh, title Overcoming Giants. But as believers, um, we, we should no longer be timid. We, many times we get timid in life when we approach different things, different obstacles, different circumstances, different situations. And, and, and as believers, we, we should no longer be timid of the things that we face. We should no longer be timid or afraid of the things that we face in this world. Yet so many believers, even us, yet so many times we uh, are approached with these things and, and we seem it's almost as if we can't overcome them. It's almost as if that these things, these obstacles, these giants, if I may, hinder us from, you know, getting close to the God or getting to our blessing or, or uh, allowing us to get further in, in our walk with Christ. Amen. And, and these problems, these circumstances, again, they, they, they may be different for each believer. It, it, could, it can vary from each believer, but, but nevertheless, it may seem like a giant in your way. It may seem like something that's impossible to overcome. But I'm here to tell you today that that I, I actually I want to actually present to you a bittersweet truth, amen. So 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 the the bitter the bitter side of this is that as believers we're, we're not excluded from these things because these are things that the world deal with, you know, trials and and circumstances and, and troubles and, and different things like this. And as a believer, we're not excluded from these things. In fact, Jesus actually tells us in John 16:33, he says that we're gonna have many trials and sorrows. But in the same verse, he says, I have told you all these things so that you may have peace in me. All right. He says here on earth, you will have many trials. You will have many sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen. So today, if you want to give this title a message that you can already tell, we're going to call it overcoming giants. Amen. So again, here, Jesus tells us in this world, we're going to experience sorrows. We're going to experience trials. And this is true for us all. All right, being a believer, again, it doesn't exclude you from these things, um, as Jesus tells us this. But again, Jesus tells us something. He says, take heart. He says, I've overcome the world. All right, so this means that because Jesus has overcome the world, everything in this world, whether we can see it or not, Jesus has overcome it on the cross. Therefore, because he has overcome, as he has overcome the world, he has given us the ability to overcome as well. All right, so we understand this truth. We understand that we can overcome, but the question remains, and, and, and this is where a lot of people struggle, how do we overcome? We know that the Bible tells us that we're overcomers, we're, over, we're, we're conquerors in, in different things of this nature, but, but the question remains, how do we overcome these situations in our life, these circumstances in our life, these giants in our life, if we may? And that's where we're going to lean in today. We're going we're gonna to talk about this question, how do we overcome these things? And we're going to be coming from a story that I believe that we're all familiar with, um, a, a story of a young man named David. And this is from uh, uh, the book of Samuel, first Samuel from chapter 17. I believe we're all familiar with this verse, um, with this, with this story. 
But you got to understand that here within this story lies the keys that will help us not only know that we can overcome these giants in our lives, uh, that we can overcome these situations, these obstacles in life, but, but, but it teaches us how to overcome these things. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into the scripture. Again, we're going to be coming from uh, the story of David and Goliath, which can be found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And um, we're going to actually start at, um, we're going to start at verse 16. We're going to start at verse, I'm sorry, we're going to start at verse yeah, 17. But just to give you a brief synopsis of everything before that. So, um, of course, you got the, the army of Israel and you have the Philistine army. All right, they're getting ready for battle. They are facing each other, army against army. And, and there's almost like a valley in between them. Now, what ends up happening is we have a Philistine uh, a, a warrior named Goliath, a giant. And, and, and Goliath, uh, scholars believe that he was roughly around eight to ten feet. So he, he was a, a giant of a man. All right? He was not your, he wasn't, he wasn't your, your typical man, your normal sized man. So, so this giant, he comes down to this, to this valley. Okay, army versus army. He comes out and he proposes something to the, the people of Israel, to the army of Israel. He says, I'm the best that we have. I'm the best that us Philistines have. Now give us y'all's best and we're going to have a 1v1. We're going to have a versus and winner takes all. In essence, this is what, this is what the, uh, Goliath was saying. Um, so this, this is what pretty much happens. But we're going to start here at verse 17 where David enters the picture. So again, uh, we're going to be coming from 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17. And we're going to start here at verse 17. And it reads, it says, one day Jesse said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are, uh, are getting alone and bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul in the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another, rather David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelite and the Philistine forces stood facing each other, as we said earlier, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of, the, uh, with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The man asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the, man, and the man's entire family will be exempt from paying taxes. David asked the soldiers standing nearby, what will a man get from killing this uh, Philistine? Um, and in his defiance, who is this pagan Philistine anyways? Now, like how the KJV says, it, it says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine anyways? And we'll visit that point later. Um, that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God. Amen. Now, remember, as I said, as we, as we started this, this live off today, I said, you know, we, we know as believers, as, as believers of, of God, as, as children of, 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 of Jesus, uh, of the Father, we know that we have the ability to overcome giants in our lives. We know that we have the ability to overcome situations in our life. Jesus tells us that in John 16. But again, the question remains, how do we overcome these things? And we're going to use again this, this particular verse, uh, this particular story rather, um, to, to really pull and, and, and look at the keys on how to overcome giants in our lives if, if, if i may all right so the, the first thing you got to realize the first thing the, the the first step the first key rather to overcoming giants in your life 
is to change your perspective. Amen. To change your perspective. Whenever trials, tribulations, or giants arise in our lives, there are two perspectives, or it's another word that I like, vantage points that we can take. We can take man's perspective or the human perspective, or we can take God's perspective or heavenly perspective. All right, we're going to talk about these two, but we're going to first lean into the man's perspective. What is the man's perspective? What does it mean to look at things in our life, to look at these giants in our life, to look at these situations, these circumstances in our life from a man's perspective? Well, it means to see things from a, rather to see things from a man's perspective or a human perspective is to see things as they are with no expectation of change. All right, and we can see that this is the perspective that the army of Israel took as they encountered Goliath. Uh, 1 Samuel 17, 24 says this. It says, as soon as the Israelite army saw him, as soon as they, they looked at him, and as soon as they perceived him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant the man asked? He comes out each day to defy Israel. Amen. So, so again, to my point, the Israel, the, the, the army of Israel, they're, they're looking at this situation. They're looking at this giant with no expectation, expectation of change. And we know this to be true because Goliath did this for 40 days and 40, uh, uh, 40 days and 40 evenings. He, he would do it every morning and every evening for 40 days. He would come out and he would challenge somebody to a 1v1, to a, to a versus for 40 days. And, and every time the people of the army of Israel, they would retreat. They would shriek back in fear. Amen. And understand that I'm not saying that, you know, as we have, as we face giants in our life, even as the people of Israel did, I'm not saying that we should just uh, 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 not look at it or, or, or just make it seem as if it's not threatening. I'm not saying that because many times these things that, that, that approach us or things that may be in our path as giants or as obstacles or as these different, you know, troubling circumstances, they can seem threatening. I'm not saying we should trivialize the giant or this obstacle. I'm not saying that, but but at the same time, we must never undermine God that we serve in the midst of these things. We must never overlook the God that we serve in the midst of these giants that we may face, in the midst of these circumstances that we may face. And we're going to kind of really talk about that here in a second. Amen. So again, don't just turn a blind eye to these things. Don't don't not look at these things. Um, be aware of them. Amen. If you're facing a financial crisis that may be your giant. Be aware of the situation, but keep your focus on Jesus. Or right, if you're if you're facing emotional turmoil or emotional pain, be, be aware of it. All right, don't don't disregard it. Be aware of it, but keep your focus on Jesus. This is important. All right, whatever giant that you may be facing, and again, it's going to be different for everybody. Whatever giant that you may be facing, yes, be aware of it, but you must keep your focus on Jesus. Amen. It's kind of like driving down a road. If you're driving down a road, you are aware of what you're seeing around you, but your focus is on the road. Amen. So the army of Israel, they were very much aware of the giant. This, this is good. You should be aware of it. But their problem came in when they began to keep their focus on the giant as well. Amen. And in our lives, more oftentimes than not, we are aware of different circumstances that, that come against us. We are aware of these different giants, if I may, that, that, that oppose us or that may stand in our way. We're aware of them, and it's good that you should be aware of them. But again, many times what we end up doing, which what we, which what we shouldn't do, is we begin to keep our focus on the giant. Amen? Take the example of, of Peter when he walked on water. We, we all know this story. Um, as long as, you know, I'm sure Peter, as he, as he got out of that boat and began to walk on water, as he kept his focus on Jesus, he was aware of the storm that was surrounding him. He was aware of it, but he kept his focus on Jesus. 
All right, so as long as he kept his focal point on Jesus, though he was aware of the circumstances that were going around him, he was able to do the impossible. He was able to walk on water. And we know that, you know, once he took his focus off of Jesus and became uh, both focused on the storm and aware of the storm, he began to drown. Amen. So again, your perspective matters. All right, your focus matters. But you got to understand, you know, as, as we, as we, as, as we deal with these things in life, as these things oppose us, when we become more focused on these things, also aware of these things, it's almost as if you're keeping God in your peripheral. All right, you're, you're looking at the situation. You should be aware of it, but when you begin to just strictly just focus on it and hyper-focus, it's just like keeping God in your peripheral. You can see what's going on in your peripheral vision, but you're only focused on what's in front of you. Amen? We shouldn't do this. This should not be the, the, the approach that we take. All right? And, and understand that this is one reason why we should stay in our word. It's important, even in, in, in trying times, that we should stay in our word and have the word of God in us. Because, you know, uh, 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 Jesus says something very interesting to the Pharisees uh, in John 5, 39. He says, you know, y'all search these scriptures uh, looking for life, but the scriptures point to me. So even as we get deeper into our word, our word, the word of God that we read, that we take in on a constant basis as we're feeding ourselves is to keep our focus on Jesus. It, it helps us to look at Jesus. That's what Jesus says. He says, the word points to me. So as you're reading this word, as you're inside your word, as you're constantly filling yourself with the word of God, your focus should be constantly more and more on Jesus. Amen. So again, just to kind of reel it back in, whatever giant that you may be facing, whatever difficult time or circumstance that you may be facing, whatever that may be that you're facing, understand that your choice of perspective is important. Amen. Our perspective is your key to overcoming your giant. Amen. So, okay, let's, let's do a quick recap right here. So, so again, there's two perspectives that you can take. All right, we can talk about, we talked about the man's perspective, looking at things from a humanistic side, like the people of Israel, they were looking at, at, at the giant, but the man's perspective means to, to focus on the problem, to focus on the giant. All right, you're aware of it. You should definitely be aware of it, but to take the man's perspective means to have both your awareness and your focus on it. And to have Jesus in the background, to have God in the background, to have him in your peripheral. All right, this is that man's perspective. The perspective or the, the side, the, the, the viewpoint, the vantage point, if I may, that we should take, rather, should be the God perspective, the heavenly perspective. All right, so the key to overcoming giants, and said giant, again, may be different for each person, is changing your perspective. All right, changing your perception, changing your point of view. And again, I really love this word vantage point, change your vantage point. Now, what does this mean? What, is exa what, is, what exactly does it mean when I say uh, to change your vantage point, or to change your perspective to a, God, to a godly perspective or to a heavenly perspective? What does that mean? What does the word vantage point even mean? Now, th this may be a foreign word to you. It, it, you. You may have never heard this word. You may have heard of it, but you may not understand what it means. But I assure you that we all understand this concept of vantage point. Amen. The definition of vantage point is a place or position affording a good view of something. All right. A place or a position affording a good view of, of something. And, and let, let me break this down a little bit for you to, to, to make it more comprehensive. I want to give you an example that I'm sure that we all can relate to. Now, you know, on a good Sunday morning or a good Sunday afternoon, I know my sister is included in this, but, you know, when they get all dressed up or even for you do, when you get all dressed up and everything, oftentimes we like to take pictures. I know I like to take pictures when I'm dressed up really nice. I, I love, I love pictures, but I guarantee you 
oftentimes not or, or i'm sure everybody has experienced this before i'm sure you have had your best dress on the best fit the the best whatever you got on you looking good you looking awesome you know what i'm saying but but you may somebody may take a picture of you or you may take a picture and i'm sure this has happened to many of you You may look at that picture and say "Ooh, i don't like that uh, uh, uh take it again but take it from this angle take it from this angle what did you just do you just changed your vantage point you didn't change the situation you didn't change what you had on you didn't change your dress but instead you changed your vantage point all right and this is what i mean by vantage point because even in our lives today this is what it means to change your perspective on a situation that you may be encountering or you may be looking at it from the wrong angle just like when we take a picture from our own angle what do you say you don't change clothes or just dis disregard the picture no take from this angle why because that position again the, the the definition of vantage point is a place or position affording a good view or of something so you're getting more detail when you change your angle so in the same manner when we're facing different things in our life when we're facing these giants in our life the first thing that you must realize or the first key to overcoming said giant is to change your vantage point change your perspective just like you have that camera it's, it's the same picture but when you just move it up a little bit when you get that, that high angle you get to see some more details the details that you like Amen. And this is the perspective that we should take in life. This is the perspective that we should take when we encounter these different things in our lives, these different giants, the, the God perspective. And this is the perspective that, take, that, that David took. Amen. And we can see David taking this perspective here in uh, 1 Samuel 17, verse 26. And it says, uh, then David spoke with the man who stood by him saying, what shall be done for this man who kills his, rather what? Yeah, what shall be done uh, for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Amen. Now, instantly we can see a difference on the way that David approaches and speaks about this giant being Goliath versus how the army of Israel sees the giant. Amen. On one, on one hand, we have the perspective of the army of Israel or the perspective of man. Uh, that, that, that is taken and it caused them to be intimidated. It caused them to be fearful. It caused them to be scared. It caused them to shriek back in fear. All right, every time this giant began to taunt them, every time this giant began to make some noise, they will fall back. They will run the other way. All right, that's the man's perspective. Why? Because they're focused on it. They're aware of the giant, but they're also focused on it. And then on the other hand, we have that godly perspective that we should take on these different circumstances in life, these different giants in life. All right, and this is the one that David takes. All right, we have David also aware of the giant. Again, you're supposed to be aware of these circumstances. You're supposed to be aware of it. But the thing that differentiates David from the army of Israel was adult, was the, uh, the the fact that he was, yes, aware of it, but his focus points, his, his focal point was on God. Amen. And we can see this in his response to his initial view of the giant. He says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is he that he should defy the armies of the living God? All right. Now, I want to uh, make this point again. As I said earlier, uh, uh, Goliath wasn't a, was, was truly a giant. All right. Goliath, again, scholars believe that Goliath was roughly, you know, between eight and ten feet. Now, for any of all any of you all who like to watch NBA and, and things like that, um, the tallest person currently in the NBA is only seven four. The tallest person, and he is a giant. His name is Boban, but tallest person in, in the NBA currently right now, he's 7'4", and he is up there. 
All right, now, now if I'm walking in, a, I've never seen somebody who's 7'4", but I have seen people who are 6'6", six, six or 6'7", six, and if I'm walking inside the grocery store and I see a 6'6", six, six person walk by me, or I see a 6'7", person walk by me, you best believe they got my attention. I'm looking, and I'm sure everybody around me is in awe of, this, of the size of this man. All right? Now, put yourself in the perspective of the army of Israel. Put yourself in their perspective for a second. All right? Again, Goliath was eight to ten feet tall, and I'm sure they 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 see that this is a tall man. All right, not only is he a tall man, but you got this big man, and I'm sure we we've never I've never seen anybody eight feet tall. I've never seen anybody over six six, you know, six seven. But but we got this tall giant of a man coming out and challenging somebody to a one v one. Now you put yourself in their perspective and truly tell yourself if I was inside their predicament. If I was inside this situation, if I see an eight feet tall man, if I see a 10 feet tall man come out with a sword because they didn't have guns back then, it's just, you know, hand in hand comeback. There's no snipers or nothing like that. Hand in hand comeback. If he comes out and say, hey, somebody come fight me, a 1v1, me versus you, winner takes all. How many of y'all would actually truly say, I, I, I take that challenge? Come on now. Come on now. Now, now, again, put yourself in their perspective. This is what they had to face. This is the reality that they were faced with. All right. So, so, so again, it, it may be, it, it, it was the, the, the reason that they didn't, you know, take this challenge because it seemed illogical. It seemed impossible. It seemed irrational. It, it doesn't make sense for, you know, an average, I know five, five, ten, six feet man to challenge a, a eight feet tall man. It doesn't make sense. It's illogical. That's, that's an easy a dub or a W, an easy win for the giant, seemingly. All right, but but look at David's approach to the situation. Now, obviously, David is aware of the same facts, of the same details that these people, whether the army of Israel that they were faced with, he's aware of the same facts and the same details that they're seeing. He sees that David is a rather he sees that Goliath is a big man. All right, but but understand something that really just kind of stood out to me in this entire story. David never recognizes Goliath, or he never he never addresses Goliath as a giant. All right, this is important. This is important. David never recognizes Goliath or, or, or calls him as a giant. Instead, he says in, in, uh, in verse 26, he says, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? All right, so, so David has chosen to look at this giant from a different vantage point. Again, on one hand, you got the people of Israel, the army of Israel saying, giant this, giant that. Have you seen the giant? And David only looks at this, this giant of a man and says, this is nothing but an uncircumcised Philistine. This is important. Why is this important? David sees that this giant is uncircumcised. You got to realize circumcision at this time, it, it, it marked the covenant between God and man. So the first thing that David notices in this situation is this, this situation that I'm looking at, this giant that I'm looking at has nothing to do with the, with the covenant agreement that me and God has. This thing has no covenant with me because it has no covenant with God. It is uncircumcised. All right. He also sees that it's a Philistine, which means this is an enemy of God. This is the enemy of the people. All right. So instead of David taking the approach like the army of Israel takes, you know, as oh, this is a giant, this is just nothing but a giant. He said, no, this is nothing but an uncircumcised Philistine. Not only that, but he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? All right. So in conclusion, David is saying, yes, I see this eight foot giant. Yes, I see this 10 foot giant. But I see that this giant that I face is not from God because he's uncircumcised. And that he is, in fact, an enemy because he's a Philistine. 
All right, and I make this point because so many times, you know, there's there's a common misconception that you know God, you know, he he create tough situations and and, and and you know give it to us. That, that that this isn't the case. Or you'll hear people say something like, you know, God save his toughest battles for, for for his strongest warriors. We hear that sometimes, and I understand what people mean, but but this isn't a case. God isn't in heaven just creating tough circumstances and just throwing it at us. That's not what he's doing. But you gotta understand understand that everything is an opportunity to God. All right, everything is an opportunity to God. So oftentimes the plan of the enemy that was meant to slow us down or to reroute us from the purposes of God, God will use the same uh, the same plan of the enemy for his for his glory, for an opportunity for him to receive his glory. All right, or you know, sometimes when life just happens, sometimes you know, we just we just experience things in life that we just can't really answer. And it's like, why, why is this happening to me? And you're doing everything you can in life, you know, from from you know, reading your word and everything, and it's just like things aren't going the way that you need them to go. All right, it doesn't make sense sometimes, but but again, you know, uh, God will use these situations that He didn't necessarily create, but He'll use them for His glory and to develop us. Amen. To de develop us as people and to develop, to develop us as believers. Amen. And you got to understand, I want to make this statement. God will never allow you to face anything that you don't have the ability to overcome. So whatever circumstance that you're in right now, whatever giant that you may be facing, whether that's emotional, something emotionally or, or spiritually or some type of sin, whatever it may be, if you're facing something that seems impossible, God will never put you in a situation where there may be something in front of you that you don't have the ability to overcome. So whether you realize it or not, there is something in you that, that, that has the ability to overcome said giant. Amen. But again, you must first change your perspective. You must first change your vantage point. All right. Now, uh, notice how Goliath says, he says, I define earlier in, in, uh, in the earlier uh, verses of the story um, before verse 17. Goliath says, he says, I defy the armies. I'm sorry. He says, I defy the armies of Israel. But David, he doesn't, he don't say that. David said, no, no, you don't defy the army of Israel. He says, who is this giant that defy the armies of the, uh, 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 rather defy the armies of the living God? All right, so so David did something very important right here. He recognized the relationship that the army of Israel had with God that Goliath may not have understood or that he, he didn't make you know note of. All right, and as a child of God, you are in a relationship with God. All right, and in the midst of your struggles, in the midst of your your your, your turmoil, whatever you're dealing with, and, and whatever John that may, that may be facing, you must recognize the relationship that you have with God in the moment. Amen. So understand that as a child of God, whatever concerns you concerns your father in heaven All right, whatever the enemy may send against you. If you if you can just change your vantage point, if you can just change your perspective, just as David does, you realize it's not just coming against you. But it, as a child of God, whatever is coming against you is coming against your father or right, it's opposing your father. And because we are his children, he fights for us. He cares for us. Everything that come against us, he sees it. He knows it. But we must call on him. We must change our vantage point. We must look at things from that heavenly perspective, from that godly perspective. We must not look at things from that manly perspective to where we just look at the situation and we're focused on the situation and we're focused on the unanswered questions and all of these things. We must not do that. We must focus on God. All right, be aware of it. Yes, but keep your focus on God. Amen. So if there be a giant in your path, trust and believe that the father sees or right, he cares to help you. But we must recognize rather you must recognize that relationship with God that you have with him in these situations. 
are, we must learn to call for his help and understand that we must relinquish all glory to him. Or we must not get the big head, you know, uh, when, when, when God help us, we can't get the big head or get prideful and think, you know, look, look what I did. You know, that, that's not what we, we can't do that. Amen. Let, let, let's see what David does here, because David doesn't, you know, we, we know that David slayed Goliath. We know that David killed Goliath. But look at, at David's approach to approaching the giant. He doesn't look at it as him defeating the giant. He looks at it as someone else defeating the giant. He has help. And we can see David uh, uh, recognizing this in um, verse 46 of this chapter. And it says, uh, today the Lord will conquer you. Look at that. It says, today the Lord will conquer you. This is David talking to Goliath. And he says, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of your men to birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battles. Rather, this is the Lord's battle. And he will give you to us. Amen. So oftentimes when giants oppose us and taunt us and obstacles come in our way, and we feel inadequate to face just things in our own intellect and in our own ability. Understand that this is very much true. Our, this is true in our own ability and our own intellect. Many times when things come against us, we don't have the ability to overcome them. But many people try to rely on their self, rely on their own ability to try to overcome these things. But David doesn't do that. David says, well, what, what does David says? David says, he, he says, today the Lord will conquer you. Today, the Lord will conquer you. He says, the Lord rescues his people. David says, this is the Lord's battle. So you see how David, he doesn't get the big head, you know, or nothing like that, or get prideful um, or anything like that. He relinquishes all glory to God. He relinquishes the help that he's receiving to God. Or it's not him trusting in his stone or in his ability to really just do that slingshot, put that work behind the slingshot. No, he's trusting in, his, he's trusting in God. Amen. And we can see the contrast of views of, percep of, of perception from uh, of the giant from the people of Israel and David. All right, this is why your vantage point is important. All right, so whatever obstacle that you may be currently uh, facing or whatever thing that may be standing in your way, understand that you must recognize your God in the situation. All right, don't look at yourself to try to overcome this thing. Don't look at yourself to try to beat this thing, but recognize God in this situation. Amen. In spite of whatever that giant or obstacle may be in your life, whatever that thing that may seem to try to oppose you, the first thing we should do is, yes, be aware of it, and yes, recognize it, yes, evaluate it, but at the same time, we must be able to recognize God. We must be able to recognize the relationship that we have, a God, that we have with God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Amen? So, so, so far, we, we must first change our perspective, or we must... Uh, not look at things from a man's perspective, but look at things from God's perspective, from the heavenly perspective. Amen. We must take this approach. We must take the same approach that David took. Amen. And once we get to this point where you're no longer looking at things from man's perspective or from that, 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 that carnal perspective, uh, 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 we can begin to look at things from the godly perspective. All right. And another thing that I want to make note to you, and we're getting ready to come to a close, but another thing I want to make note to you is that you must have the right support around you. When you're going through these difficult times when you're, when you're facing giants, it, it's never good to face things alone in life, all right? It's, it's never good to face things alone. Sometimes we need people around us to kind of help us, but you must be very cautious of the people that you have in your circle, all right? It's easy to accept people's pity when we're sitting here pitying ourselves, 
All right, or sometimes it can feel like even when we get to that point where we get the confidence to overcome such struggles or, uh, or uh, overcome these giants, it's like all of a sudden sometimes people will come out of nowhere and just deflate our confidence. That balloon, that balloon of confidence that we have, people just like to deflate it all right, with their words and with their speech. Amen. So it's important to realize the people that are around you. And um, we can see this attempt on David's confidence from his own brother, Eliab. Uh, we can look at verse 28 of uh, uh, Samuel chapter 17. It says, um, but when David's older brother Eliab heard David talking to the man, he was angry. He says, what are you doing here anyways? He demanded. What, are, uh, what about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know your pride and I know about your pride in the seat. You just want to see the battle. So again, many of us need to check our circles in the in the in the midst of overcoming these things, in the midst of overcoming giants, in the midst of our situations. It's important to really evaluate who's around you because this can play a big role in you overcoming your giants. All right, look how Eliab speaks. This again, this is David's brother, David's older brother. Look how he speaks to David. He basically he says uh, he he says, "What are you doing here?" He says, and. You don't even, he said, you're basically not even supposed to be here. He said, you're not supposed to be here. Go back to your little sheep. He said, he's kind of uh, 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 belittling David. Go back to your sheep. Th this is man's business. This is man's work. Go back to your sheep. All right. You're just being profitable. You, you, you just don't want to look good. You know what I'm saying? You just, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. But David isn't thinking like this at all. All right. So understand that as we get our confidence built up to try to approach these giants in our life, you must be cautious around the people that, that may be around you. All right. Some people will try to deflate your confidence the moment you try to, you know, overcome something or the moment you try to go forward with something or, or overcome an obstacle. Some people will deflate your confidence and some people, you know, because sometimes we, we do pity ourselves. Sometimes you got to be careful of those around you who will sit here and pity with you as well. Who will sit here and tell you, man, it's okay. You know, people who aren't actually pushing you to do better. You got to be careful of those type of people. Amen. I want to I want to give you a story real quick and th this is a story that I experienced in high school that really just kind of I didn't really kind of draws my point but I can remember back in high school back when I played you know sports and everything I remember it was just one particular summer um it, it was max day we were lifting weights and it was max day and um, I had put some weight on a bar and um I had looked at it and I was excited and it was a lot of weight and this was like a new personal record for me and I sat there and I, it was a power clean that I was doing but I sat there and I tried to do that power clean and I failed I almost had it. All right, it, it, at at 100%, I was like probably 90% away from really being able to complete that lift. Now my coach, who was excited, you know, it's Max Day. Everybody's excited. My coach is coming around. He sees what I have on the bar, and he looks at me. He says, "Caleb or Elder, did you get it?" I'm like, "Coach, I almost got it." And and he says something to me because when I had failed in completing that lift, I pitied myself. I was like, you know, I almost had it. That was close enough. I was expecting that same thing from him. He didn't do that though. He didn't say, you know what? It's okay. You'll get it next time. You, you, you almost had it. No, when I told him that I almost had it, he said, well, you'll almost play on my defense. You'll almost play for me. And it really did something to me. It, it, it really stirred something up to me to the point where I went back to that same weight. I went back to that same obstacle that was in my way and I was able to complete it. Why was I able to complete it? Because he didn't pity me. Had he had pity me, had he shown pity on me, I would have never known that I would have had the ability to complete that weight. And by the same token in our lives, those people in our lives that sit here and just pity us whenever we're going through something, oh, it's going to be okay. You know, it's okay. Well, you know, making excuses for you. You know, these people aren't pushing you. These people are dangerous. And it seems so innocent, but these type of people are dangerous to your success. These type of people are dangerous when you're trying to overcome obstacles or overcome giants. 
Amen. So you must really, really be aware of the people that you have around you. Or you must really, really be aware of the circle that you have around you. Amen. So that, that's the second thing. And as we come to a close, I want to hit on this last point right here. Um, as we approach these giants in our lives, as we approach these different things in our lives, understand something. We must not limit God. That's the first thing. We must not limit God on how he will help us to overcome these things. All right. Many times we may look at, for example, a financial crisis in our lives that we may be dealing with. Um, and we think that the only way that they can be solved is just through monetary gain. God can solve any situation in our lives however he wants to. All right. He's not limited in any way, shape or form. He can solve it however he wants to. But many times we put limits on God. Well, God, if I can just get this new job or God, if I can just get this raise, that's putting limits on God. No, Lord, however you wish for it to be done, Lord God, I trust that you will do it. And I know that you will do it. That's the approach that we should take. Or right, we must not limit God. All right. And we can see this almost happening with David as as Saul, you know, in, 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 in you know, in, in good, you know, uh, it was nothing malicious about it. But Saul said, you know, what, take my armor, David, as David was getting ready to approach this giant. Saul said, you know, what, take my armor. But understand this same armor that was beneficial for Saul was a limiter to David. Or it would have slowed him down. David said, no, I can't take this. This is going to slow me down. All right. So we must not really limit God in the way that he wants us to overcome these things in, in the way that we uh, may overcome our giants. All right, he will enable us however he enables us. And in, a, in, in, in the, in, in respects to David, the way that he was enabled was with that, that little, the little, uh, uh, the slingshot he had. He got five smooth stones in his slingshot. That's the only thing that he took to the battle. All right, he didn't take big sword or, or anything like that. And by the same token in our lives, when we are approaching these situations, these giants in our lives, don't, don't try to take a man's approach to it. Or if I can just do it like this, or they said, do it like this. I read this self-help book and these things are good. You know, there, there's many practical things that we should do to help our situations out. But ultimately our weapons are spiritual. Our weapons are, are the word of God and our weapons are God and our, and our weapons are prayer. I love how it says in Ephesians, you know, when it talks about the armor of God, when you read the, all those pieces of the armor, it ends with, say, it, it, uh, Paul said we should pray. He says, he says, pray. So our weapon that our weapon of choice that we should have when we're facing giants is prayer. Yes, we should take practical steps to try to help our situations. Yes, we should use wisdom in doing so. But at the end of the day, we must really bring our case to God in prayer. Lord God, help me in this situation. And we must know that as we bring these situations to him, we must not only bring it to him in prayer, but we must have faith that he will hear us and have faith that he will answer us and help us to overcome these things. All right, so that's our weapon of choice that we have to, that, that we have to use. For David, it was just a little five stones and a sling. For us, our weapon of choice is prayer. So whatever giant that you may be dealing with, whatever circumstances you may be dealing with, whatever it may be, first and foremost, you must change your perspective. All right, stop looking at it from a carnal perspective. Stop looking at it from man's perspective and begin to look at it from God's perspective, from the heavenly perspective, that same perspective that David took. All right, and again, just to kind of make, make sense of that, think about it again like the selfie. You know, you may take a selfie at the wrong angle and take it at a different angle. It'll change the whole picture. Your perspective matters. All right, and getting into your world will actually help you to focus more on Christ. Amen. Number two, you must really evaluate those people around you. Check your circle. Check your inner circle. Are the people around me pitying me? Do I have people around me every time I try to take the next step, every time I try to overcome, they're deflating my confidence? Or are these people around me trying to push me to do better? Are they trying to encourage me? Are they trying to help me? All right. Amen. And then number three, your choice of weapon. All right. Don't limit God in the way that he can move or right? he will move however he wants to move. And again, the choice of weapon that we should take is prayer. 
Prayer is a weapon. Whatever you may be dealing with, bring it to God in prayer. Trust and believe that he can change it. Trust and believe that he will change it. And trust and believe that he hears you. Amen. So again, we must do these things. God is the coming denominator in all of this. All right. It's not our ability. I know the message is called overcoming giants, but it's not really us overcoming, overcoming giants. It's him enabling us to overcome giants. All right. I love, I love how Paul says, he says, when I'm weak, I'm strong. That, that, that's, that's like a paradox, but, but you got to understand that when you can, when you can declare, Lord, I need your help. He will strengthen you. When you declare your frailty, he will give you grace. All right. That's what, that's why he gives us grace. By, by grace and by his spirit, he will enable you to overcome any situation that you may be dealing with. Amen? Amen. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and just end in a word of prayer. Wherever you may be, let's bow your head if, if you can. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we just come before you this, this, this beautiful Friday afternoon, Lord God, Jesus, as we end this week, Lord God, Lord God, we come before you, Lord God, Jesus, and we just, Father God, acknowledge you, Lord God, in all of our ways, Lord God, Lord God, anything that we may be facing right now, Lord God, any circumstance that we may be facing, Lord God, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we just first and foremost, Lord God, ask that you help us to change our vantage point, Lord God, help us look at things from your perspective, Lord God, help us not to look at things from these carnal perspectives, Lord God, yes, we are aware of what we're seeing, Lord God, but we trust that you are greater than what we are seeing, Lord God, we will not undermine you, Lord God, in the face of these giants or these, these circumstances or these struggles, Lord God, because we know that you are bigger than them, Lord God. Lord God, help us to check our circles, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father God, anybody that is not beneficial to us, Lord God, in overcoming said things, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, anybody that is trying to deflate our confidence, Lord God, if we have any Eliabs in our lives, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, they will try to deflate our confidence, Lord God, or they will try to, Father God, pity us, Lord God, that they will not push us to do better, Lord God, or encourage us to do better, Lord God. Anybody that is hot on our progress, Lord God. May you expose them, Lord God, and may we be able to see them, Lord God, and may you give us the wisdom, Lord God, Jesus, to dismiss ourselves from those relationships, Lord God. And ultimately, Lord God, we come before you, Lord God, even in prayer, Lord God, which is our weapon, Lord God. We bring before you our circumstances, Lord God. We bring before you our giants in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And we ask that you give us grace, Lord God. We ask that your spirit drives us and moves us, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, to help us to overcome these giants, Lord God. Lord God, we trust in you, Lord God. We trust in you alone, Lord God. We trust in you enabling us, oh God. And we thank you, Lord God, for helping us to overcome giants, Lord God. Lord God, we love you, Lord God, and we praise you, and we give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' divine name, we pray. Amen. And amen. Amen, y'all. So I pray that this has truly blessed y'all. It has truly blessed me in this time. And I pray that this is something that you can take, and you can take these keys and, and make it applicable to your life. And I, I, I truly believe if you take these keys and you really apply them and ask the Lord to help you, you will begin to overcome your giants. Amen. I love you all, and I pray that this has truly blessed you, and I will see you all next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.